You are listening and watching Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast, where we have girl talk with a mental health twist. Please click subscribe and listen and watch for our next episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Marshawn Drawn. And I'm your other co-host, Maria Bush. And as you all know, we're twinning with winning women. Um, bringing back, we, uh, we're bringing back the season, um, and bringing back our episodes to you. We did want to discuss today some, um, some topics that we think a lot of this going on a lot with women. Um, one is body shaming. And then the other is, um, highly sexually active, um, women, or does it mean, you know, that we were abused? (laughs) So just some topics that we kind of want to delve into today. Um, and then we also have a special guest. Yes. Hey. Miss Ashley. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Yes. What better way to come back on season three and have an extraordinary woman that is an amazing friend, amazing mom, an amazing photographer, amazing, like all things. And she is joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much. You want to introduce yourself and tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Of course. I mean, you nailed it, except for the Scorpio part. You forgot the Scorpio part. I I would just, let's just throw in there. We have three Scorpios on a podcast right now. And we we are putting the disclaimer out right now. now. (laughs) If you're feelings are hurt afterwards you need to go to therapy no I'm just kidding um uh so uh, my name is Ashley and like you said I'm a mom I'm a photographer um a girlfriend all those things but face front I am Ashley those are just the hats that I wear um I actually really love these topics today because I think I have a lot to say about both of them. So I'm honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. We are honored to have you here, lady. And I know we've had so many discussions about some of the things that we are talking about today. And I know something you've talked about is like your special interest in women and loving our bodies mm-hmm. the way that we yes. are. And, you know, following you on social media, you have a platform where you use it to uplift women and loving ourselves and loving our bodies as we are. So tell me a little bit about that because you, you, you have that passion that drives you and a lot of things that you um, do, even in your photography. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Like what's, what's on your heart about that? Ooh, Lord, sis, there's a lot that like, how much time do I have? Um, (laughs) Man, we don't have to add another 40 minutes. No. So I guess to to kind of summarize that, um, my women empowerment platform has been there long before I started my own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is I could always dish out the love and the respect and the, nah, girl, you fucking fine in that outfit. Who cares? You know, yeah. always to dish that out, but I could not receive that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal journey for that, which, which honestly just encompassed my love for it in general, once I started my own, because then I could feel what I was also giving, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, my, my own personal journey with that started after my divorce. And, uh, you know, I went through, I, I hate calling it a bad divorce because honestly I feel like if it weren't for that journey I wouldn't be where I am today uh definitely a part of the journey that I was supposed to go on and I lost myself in my marriage um for several reasons and coming through that unfortunately one of one of my things personally as um my vice is a a really bad relationship with food Um, and so my way of coping through the end of the marriage and not, I, I will say through the end of the marriage was an unhealthy, unhealthy relationship with food. Um, Mm -hmm. however, my, 
my journey as a being has always aired on the plus side of, of life. Like I've always been plus size. Like I can remember my mother, you know, shopping with me when I was younger and the body shaming truthfully started then where mm-hmm. she would just throw out tidbits of, Oh, I wish it was easy to shop for you as it was your sister, because I grew up having a sister who was 120 pounds and a cheerleader who was five, four, you know, the, the ultimate body goals of what society would tell you a body should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was those little things that I picked up through my juvenile life um, and, and took them to, you know, into my adulthood thinking that I was less than because my body looked different than someone else's. Yeah. Um, and I can remember dealing my way of coping with that in, in those younger years was through humor, making jokes about, you know, oh, you better shut up or I'll sit on you. Like things like that, like things yeah. that, you know, what we don't realize while we're doing them are things that are truthfully negative self-talk. The mm-hmm. more that we say them mm-hmm. or think them, the more that that becomes our truth and our reality or the way that we see things. Mm-hmm. Um so coming through the divorce, I, um, I decided to go on a journey of finding myself again. Mm-hmm. And through that journey, a part of that, that I challenged myself with was loving the body that I was in at the moment mm-hmm. and appreciating all of the things that it had been through. It had been through betrayal and fidelity, mm-hmm. um, carrying a, a, a boy who is my world, you know, like all of the things that, that my body had been through and had accomplished and achieved mm-hmm. and appreciating it for where it was, mm-hmm. but also accepting the fact that at any moment, if I felt like I wanted to change that, mm-hmm. I had the right to do so. And that that was a healthy outlook on the perspective as well. Um, so going through that journey, I, I started shifting my mentality on placing my self-worth in the hands of other people, mm-hmm. in the hands of the scale, in the hands of the size that my genes said, you know, at the end of the day, um, and redefined what I felt like self-worth looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you do that, your whole mentality starts shifting, the 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 things that you're feeding yourself throughout the day start shifting, you know, um, you're starting to follow more people on social media that are like-minded individuals that are uplifting, that aren't, that aren't women that are posting filtered images every single day or, you know, and, and those things really do play a factor in our mentality on ourselves. Like at the end of the day, if all you are seeing is someone that is, you know, five, six, that has been in the gym every day that has a, that has a fake ass that has fake boobs, all of these things, your mentality starts to think that you are supposed to be those things as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that really, that was really the beginning of the journey. And then I started shifting to making sure that I was following content that was healthy for, for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's all inclusive. Like that's, that's women who are, five, six, and 145 pounds that have stretch marks, saggy skin. Like we need to see that those are real things. Yes. Those are real women. Come on. These, and, and the retrospect to that is sometimes whenever we shift to that mentality, we can shift so far that way that we also lose respect for the women who do want to have fake boobs, yeah. who who do want to be in the gym and have abs or mm-hmm. who do, you know, want to go under the knife. Like if mm-hmm. that is truly what makes them happy at the end of the day, girl, go for it. Like you do you, like I'm good with it. But I know for me personally, I want to eat the pizza, sis. And 
<laughs> and, and, and I don't want to be <laughs> in the gym three times a day because that's just mm-hmm. not who I am and what makes me the happiest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like and you know, a lo- oh, I like what you said a little bit earlier. I mean, you are speaking volumes and everything you said, but you said one thing that it starts at the core and it starts as children. What messages yeah. are we receiving? you know, at a young age, you know, like you, the messages of your mom, the things that she uh, oppressed upon you, that something was wrong with your body type. And I know me and Mashaun have had those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little thicker. Uh, uh, my nickname was Miss Piggy growing up. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, those... and mine was mine was pork chop. So we were together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we were yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, how that plays in your mind, you know, you are, we look to our parents to help us know who we are in this world, you know, mm-hmm. and the idea that the first message I get about my weight and my looks is that I'm overweight or I'm eating too much. Mm-hmm. My mom, you know, she did the best she could, but those messages I received was that, okay, what you're doing is not good. And so start hiding it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how you, us as girls and women, we pick up these secretive behaviors, these eating, snacking, when nobody's looking, hiding in the closet, eating. And then we start developing these eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes on to our, you know, if not careful, we put that on our own children and the people around us. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's so important as parents that we love our children. And if it's a, a something that you're wanting your kids to focus on health, making it a family thing and not just, you know, making it just about that one child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I, so I think because of that, my, my perspective on all of those things was, you know, if, and I don't discredit my mom because sometimes, you know, parents don't know the impact or the weight of what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know there are several times where I've caught myself saying something to Braylon and being like, Ooh, retract, retract. I know I can't take it back. Um, but with that, I will say I, I took a, a different approach with Braylon on those things and, and trying to, you know, teach him why we're trying to make healthy options but also give him the freedom to make his own choices because I'm very much so the type of mom that's like, okay, it's your choice and you're making the choice. Mm -hmm. However, these are the repercussions or, you know, and so, um, you know, there's that take on it, but I I don't know, sis, there's like a lot to unload there. I think, I think we as a society don't know how to find a balance in anything. I think we shift so far left or we shift so far right and nobody can come back to the middle and appreciate there that there's balance in everything. Like mm-hmm. how come we how come we can't have a body positive movement for all bodies? <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Right. So Cause then you have the skinny girls who feel like they're left out or you have the big girl saying, well, they've had their moment. And I'm like, nah, this ain't the way this works. We gotta, we gotta include all bodies, all bodies. bodies. Absolutely. And I was talking, (laughs) go ahead. No, me and Maria had a conversation this week. Actually, we were talking about it and I said, yeah, I said, it's just funny because, um, you know, bigger size women, you know, we're looking and we're looking for that. Hey, it's nothing wrong with me having the stomach and the stretch marks and the thighs. And I like my big jiggly arms. See that right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just appreciating the neck and everything. You know, it's you. It's who you are. You're beautiful. And then it's like, well, we have this movement and we're feeling good. And as you see how society's kind of shifted, people are a little more interested in big, bigger boned women for whatever their reasons are and stigmas. But then it, I thought like, now you they're, they're shaming skinny girls you know what i'm saying now you, you're too skinny you don't eat you don't you know and it, it's such a messed up thing in society with women and men too but you know they're like you eat too much well little mama you need to put a little food in your belly because them bones yeah. you know it's, and, and it's sad that we're 
we're body shaming each other and that like right. I said, we need a movement for all sizes appreciate and love mm-hmm. on who you are if you want to be big be big if you're comfortable in your skin being skinny whatever i mean yeah absolutely so i think that's why i started gearing my platform more towards the shift of appreciating your body where it's at but understanding that you have you have all the ability to change that if you want to change that if you don't want to change that appreciate where you are like it doesn't matter if you're small it doesn't matter if you're tall it doesn't matter if you're short it doesn't matter like those things do not matter truthfully and if you're not somebody's cup of tea guess what you're not gonna be somebody else's cup of tea and they're gonna move on to like it's okay (laughs) like somebody's gonna find you scoop you up throw you over their shoulder like a viking and move on right (laughs) yes Yes. everybody has a type they do somebody out there for everybody so come on be yourself and and people are attracted to um you know your confidence anyway that's a big thing people look at the confidence that you have Mm -hmm. no matter what size you are and you owning it okay so I will tell you so you know coming through that journey like I was coming through that journey as a single woman Mm -hmm. who and and to add another layer to it I'm bi so my marriage was to a woman and so Mm -hmm. then when my relationship status opened up a single it opened up to everybody yeah well because I had been in that relationship for so long like Mm -hmm. I hadn't absorbed any real male attention in a long time so Mm -hmm. you know for me like and there's also that weird stigma of like when men are in like high school they don't want to you know be the outsider of like who they like or whatever now it's a little different I feel like it's opened up but I can remember when I was in high school like if you were bigger like they weren't really they weren't really coming to you like that you know what I'm saying and so so for me coming into the dating scene and being single I was like fresh meat to these men and I realized I was like wait y'all real chubby chasers like y'all Y'all are coming at me like that. Like it was, it was crazy. But nine times out of 10, anytime I would have a conversation, cause I'm one of those like, okay, I'm gonna have a conversation with you. Why are you hitting me up? You know, let me figure out why you really hit me up. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, every time I would ask that person, they would say, it's your confidence. It's your mm-hmm. energy. It's, it's how you present yourself. It's, you owning who you are and being so unapologetic about it and saying this is who I am if you don't like it fuck you and then there added the other layer of these men who hit the gym 17 times a day coming at me looking like they've been on steroids their whole life and I was like bro what what do you want with me like at first I'm like Mm -hmm. Are you trying to make me your project or you really, but no, they, you like what you like. That's right. That's all it is at the end of the day. Come on. Come on. Absolutely. What's well, one thing too, cause I know we're talking about as far as size. Um, now moving into, cause I know you mentioned this too, women who are wanting to change their body um, and not do it the, the longevity way. That's probably a little more lasting. Um, but when I kind of do a quick, easy snip addition, um, I mean, I know a lot of women, especially back in the day, now it seems like, like a lot's changed now in society. People are more open to it. People don't care, but some of us are still kind of like, that's fake. Why you got to do that? But back then it was such a shaming to have, get breast implants, get your booty pumped mm-hmm. up, you know, stomach mm-hmm. cut, chin tucked and all that. Yeah. Um, what are your guys, you know, things with that? that like Ashley said earlier is is what you prefer I think a lot of times we are so pressured um in society you know I, I think I'm coming from an angle of like you said earlier the, the the propaganda the images that we see on a daily basis the Barbie kind of look the big breasts small waist small hips but proportion side, that's, that's, it's, it's not real. <laughs> it's not realistic. And so we try our best to fit in these, um, this shape of size. And to be honest, you know, I have a daughter and we go shopping 
And it's hard to find certain sizes, clothes that fit us. And so I think that's propaganda in itself that if we're going to make it hard for you if you're this certain size. It's mm-hmm. like, where are the stores that I'm, I'm glad to see different stores. I'm not going to mention their names because we're not getting paid for them. But there's certain stores that are out there that are coming out with plus sizes or yeah. sizes for, you know, women with, um, you know, more spreader hips, bigger hips and bigger busts and things like that. But I just feel like the messages that are being sent nowadays, I think is really pushing women and young girls to get the snips, to get the mm. bigger butts, the butt mm. implants. And, um, but my thing is, you know, if you're going to do it, do it smart, go well-informed um, into making that decision, you know, get counseling mm-hmm. if you have to, because I think what I'm hearing now is that uh, women are getting these surgeries, but end up regretting it because of the side effects. You know, I'm just doing research. Some of these women hair falling out. There's, there's so many different yeah. infections and things like that, that is like the other side of it. And so if you're going to make that decision, go in with a well, well, well-informed um, decision as well. So that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, um, I don't even know if you know this about me, Maria, but like my previous background before photography was surgery. So I I have worked with several plastic surgeons and I, I think that the real message behind all of this is we're always going to judge someone else when we're judging ourselves. So if we are not whole ourselves, we're always going to look at another person and be like, well, why she want to look fake? Why mm-hmm. she want to do that? Why she not a real woman? Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when we do that, that is truthfully just a self-reflection of where we are with ourselves. And so once I got to a place mentally where I was at peace with who I was, where I was at peace with where my body was. Mm-hmm. When I saw those women or even, even, you know, skinnier women that were, that were naturally, you know, blessed by the gods with their mm-hmm. bodies mm-hmm. or the thick curvy women that are naturally blessed with flat stomachs, like girl, what, what did you do to get that? Like I, really, truthfully. Um, Cause God said, no, you can't have that. And uh, we know how you're going to act if I give it to you. <laughs> That's what you know. Um, but no, so I think, um, I think as far as our own viewpoints, whenever we're looking at, at others and we start judging them heavily, we have to turn inward to see where we are with ourselves. Mm-hmm. But my other thing with, you know, that whole push for plastic surgery is um, we are a bandwagon society. My fear with some of these women is that they, they truthfully didn't think it through for themselves or make the choice for themselves when they were whole. And I think that's the only time that those things make me sad is when you can Mm -hmm. see that there are underlying issues there that are not being confronted and they're chasing a specific look to prove their worth. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, that, that comes in many different vices with all of us that, that comes with taking selfies with filters on that comes with, it's all of those things. Um, Yeah. And truthfully, at the end of the day, like, as long as it truthfully is something that makes you happy, like, I say, do you, like, all day long, you know, I may not want to go out here and, you know, go under the knife to achieve a F-cup bra. However, if someone else does and it truthfully makes them happy, like, I'm for it. It's the same, it's the same with women, you know, on these platforms, like OnlyFans, like people shame these women all day long because it's something that they aren't doing and they're uncomfortable with. Right. And that is truthfully where I feel like we have, have lost compassion in our society because we're not able to step outside of ourselves and our own comfort 
to see somebody else's situation and see that it's working for them. Mm. And I love the fact that you said that, that shaming, um, yeah, I, you know, there's one woman I follow on Instagram and she did at a younger age, get the surgery and the plastic surgery. Um, and you know, it took her a while to come out with her story because of the shame and the um, ridicule being in the spotlight. Um, you know, how she's going to be judged by other women, by her followers. And so I think we have to, they say cancel culture, cancel, you know, shaming and judgment. Um, we all have to bear the weight of our decisions mm. and, um, you know, that's her body. That's the, she made that decision. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just the decision she made. So I, I like that you said that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree too <laughs> with that. Yeah, it's shaming is the big thing. People don't want to talk about what they haven't done. And it's this has been going on for years. Like I said, even with the surgeries, even with weave hair, you know, a lot of women have mm -hmm. alopecia. And they can't help that. So they're, you know, and they want to feel beautiful. You know, not that they're not with the ball spots, but, you know, they want to wear certain hairstyles. And there's certain stylists that are out here killing the game with these women, giving them that, that, beauty, that beautiful, you know, that self-worth that they need um, through their hair. You know, giving them that style. Hey, I want this style, but I couldn't do it because I don't have hair, but he's bossing it up for her. So, I mean, right. it's... It's like we, people, when you want to be happy in who you are and if you need enhancements or you want to perfect yourself, you know, with the knife or whatever you're doing, as long as, like you said, just going in very informed, taking the safe route, knowing what you're doing, getting, making sure you got therapy set up because there's going to be something, <laughs> you know, complication, like you said, infection or something goes wrong. Maybe you regret it, but you just need that therapy to kind of help you through your decision that you made. Live with it and just own it. You want to be, you right. want to come do it. It's your right. body, it's your life. <laughs> so I actually, I actually didn't know how like to feel. And actually, I don't know why I just thought about this, but like I've had lip injections. Hmm. Um, so I actually, when I was like eight or nine years old was attacked by my uncle's dog hmm. and it literally took out my whole top lip. And so like my whole life, I've been super freaking insecure about it. Like just because I felt like I had no lips at all. I didn't feel like there's proportion to my face, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I could see my beauty. And I think that's, and I think that's where the healthy aspect of all of that comes from. As long as you know that you're beautiful without it, mm -hmm. but it makes you feel more confident mm -hmm. with, that's really where the healthy boundary is. Mm -hmm. um, just like you said, the women with alopecia, I had PCOS. Um, mm -hmm. When I tell you before laser hair removal, I could grow a beard. Like I could seriously grow a beard. Mm -hmm. And people are always like, what? but no one, you know, the other thing about that is that I'm thankful that we have all of these platforms now because now some of our girls are growing up in a society that is more aware of these things that, that does speak out. And we've had all of these pioneers as women who've, mm -hmm. who've taken all of the hits from these people who were like, you're crazy for standing up for this. But so all of these women, you know, I didn't have someone to tell me that these things were, were normal, that these were, that these were body chemistry makeup things and hormonal things that were okay. Like for me, I was just, Oh my God, why am I growing black hair on my face? You know? Yeah. So I, I felt ashamed and didn't take the, the measures that I should have started taking. So instead I started shaving my face, which totally mm -hmm. messed up my skin complexion, like all of these things, you know? And so mm -hmm. I applaud all of the women who have been pioneers in all of those movements. And, you know, for me and my self journey of, of finding love for where I was like that, that was at the brink of Lizzo and honey, when she came out, she was like, you're going to get all the cellulite, okay. all this fat, <laughs> all this ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to twerk 15 seconds and then be out of breath. But honey, I'm going to twerk those 15 twerk. seconds. That's right. <laughs> and, 
And I fell head over heels in love with her because she owned who she was and she was a spokesperson for all of us. And then came her opening up even more and being vulnerable about still being body shamed and fat shamed and, you know, all of the comments she still gets and how, even though, and I think, I think the most beautiful arc of that and the, I think one of the things that I keep making sure that I touch base on every day, like I have women who still reach out to me throughout my journey, mm-hmm. you know, how did you get to where you are? How did you get to where your confidence is? And like, mm-hmm. the truth of that is no matter who you are or where you are along your journey of, of appreciating and loving yourself, you're always going to have those down days. Yeah. It is those down days that make you appreciate how far you've came and those down days that show you that you can keep going forward. Mm. And so, so, you know, it's not every day, all the confident women wake up feeling like they are a million dollars and on top of the world. That's not it. Mm. It's every day choosing to love yourself, just like you choose to love your partner or choose to love your kids. Mm. So it, it is what it is. Some days you fall out of love with yourself. Some days you fall back in love with yourself. Come on. And, you know, I think us women, I, you know, I encourage like us that's had children, you know, you know, going back to being thankful for what your body has done for you today. Like we're sitting up talking to one another, conversing with one another. We wouldn't have been able to do that without our backs, without our butts, without our thighs, being able to sit down with our voices. And so, yeah, it, it takes daily work and gratitude. Mm-hmm. But even if you can't appreciate your whole body, but at least what's one thing that you're grateful for? Um, and mm-hmm. it starts there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it stays, it, it does. It starts with an attitude of gratitude. Even if you don't feel like, bitch, I got to get these legs right. But in the meantime, I'm able to walk. <laughs> to Absolutely without having been carried to the bathroom. So it's so and some t- sometimes it is as simple as that, like appreciating the small things or oh, the goodness. surface things, right? Yeah. Um but but it is like every step is a step in getting to a deeper self love. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about sex, y'all. Y'all ready? <laughs> Look, I was like, I'm about to go there. Are they ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Scorpio is on this podcast. Talking about bodies. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's yes. talk about something that said it, didn't they? Well, they really. Did. So <clears throat> there is, you know, there's hypersexuality. Um, there's us that have very high libidos or whatnot. But mm-hmm. so a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I, I came across an article at, or a, a Twitter feed actually that said, um, you know, hypersexuality after sexual abuse isn't talked about enough. And I was like, okay. <clears throat> so you're saying basically, and that this could have, this definitely has some truth to it. Hypersexual, some people have been abused when they were younger. So you're, you kind of disconnect from your body mm-hmm. um, and you look <clears throat> for that healing, you know, through sexual activities, a little more than others. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, that's not true for everyone. There's there's highly sexual people who are just highly sexual people. We love, you know, sex and we love what we do. Mm-hmm. So um, not to take away from that, but I just want to talk about, too, that being um, in a sense of not everybody that's highly sexual has been sexually abused. And I'll give an example, honestly. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Scorpio and I'm a very highly sexual person. Mm-hmm. I like to try things. I've done a lot of <laughs> things in my past. But I, I remember a guy that I dated actually because of our sexual activity and, and the craving I have. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. And a lot of people who know me, y'all y'all know. Mm-hmm. Just keeping it real. Um, but he asked me had I been sexually if I had been sexually abused mm-hmm. as a child because I'm so high. I had a high sex drive. Yeah. And I was like, not that I'm aware. I don't remember that. But no, I just like doing what I do. Mm-hmm. So. So I don't know if we're, if we're going to be able to answer, I feel like we need to phone a friend because I am the same way as you. Like I am a highly sexual person, um, super, super sensual. Like actually my nickname like three years ago became pheromones because it was like, I just (laughs) oozed sex everywhere I walked. I was like, 
I'm not doing anything. I just, I just looked at you. What you mean? Like, it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you feel some type of way when you look at me. I mean, um, no, I, I just, I think that this topic is so interesting on so many different levels and not to like spin off into the wrong direction, but I think because of who I am at my core and, and having not a lot of partners, you know, until, I mean, after my divorce, but, (laughs) um, you know, like, I don't think I realized that everyone's sex drive is as different as it is. Like some people are good with like having sex once a year. Mm -hmm. Other people want it like once a week or twice a month. I say, fuck that. Like Mm -hmm. I need it lots of times. (laughs) So talk about this thing where, you know, I get a little frustrated about it, but I do get frustrated about it. Like for women who, who do have high sex drives, the stereotypes mm. and the labels that are placed upon yeah. us because we have a desire for more that sexual contact. Mm-hmm. Um, we're either labeled as whole or being labeled as, like you said, a sexually abused, something's wrong yeah. with you. But if a man had a high sex drive, you know, what, like, you know, it would be normal. difference, you normal. know, mm-hmm. and that's frustrating because why can't we, and I love the movement that we're in right now where women are embracing their, their sexuality, embracing, yes. um, sexual education and embracing, um, what our bodies can do and educating each other, um, on how to pleasure yourself and, you know, how to enjoy the experience mm-hmm. that it's not always about the male and trying to please the male. Um, I love the movement that we're in right now because it's important even for our, our daughters to know how and our sons mm-hmm. know about their bodies. But, you know, this whole thing about labels, it's, mm-hmm. what do y'all think about yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we were a society uh, who was founded by a man, right. a white man specifically, I'll say it. Right. Um, and that white man probably had a really small dick and small dick energy came through that's really all it is at the end of the day um um no seriously i i believe that you know as a society as a whole like we are so behind in the sex movement you look at other countries that are far beyond and and sex is not taboo sex Mm -hmm. is natural and it's normal and it's human nature and it's innate and people can walk around naked without feeling ashamed regardless of what their bodies are and Mm -hmm. you know whatever whatever pleases someone is whatever pleases someone and people mind their business and we are not that society yet we are not there by any means and Mm -hmm. and I think the woman the women empowerment movement began much later. So this is another tail end effect of that, you know, empowerment movement. It's a, Mm -hmm. Hey, wait, let's talk about how, you know, we haven't had a voice for our sexual needs. Like Mm -hmm. we are not here to just get you off and not have ours. Like, Mm -hmm. um, lots of things to say in that area, but I think really and truthfully at the end of the day, it, it starts as a society by, making us feel guilty mm-hmm. for having those thoughts or for wanting these things. And, and, and just like I said earlier with the body positivity movement comes the women, the pioneers in this movement, like there are these women that are like, you know what? No, like I'm gonna get mine or let's talk about how you can do better in the bedroom right. because we haven't been holding you accountable. Yeah. Um that's big. There's there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to say about about this in general, but I think I I think at the end of the day it's a control thing and that's why it was there in the beginning and then it has just been passed down generation after generation after generation until we finally got to some generations that were like fuck this bullshit, let's squash yeah. it. Yeah. Um and and it's it's truthfully like I think 
I think there are a lot of negatives to social media and all of these platforms that we have, but I think this is truthfully one of the most beautiful things that have come out of it because it has given people like us a voice mm-hmm. and and other people from all over the world the ability to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that wasn't an option. It was everything that we heard or that we saw was monitored by by everyone else. And now they don't really have a say-so over what we're putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're able to, to hear and see and learn and mm-hmm. explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're able to connect with the communities that are like-minded communities that are like, no, what you're feeling is natural or normal. Right. Um, and, you know, I'll be the first to say, like, I am a very open-minded individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually Maria and I touched base on this like not too long ago, but, Mm -hmm. but very also naive in some aspects, like, you know, porn, all the like surface things that like everybody knows about, like, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm, I'm cool with it, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, things about implementing like group sex, like, you know, different BDSM things like those are things that I haven't experienced that I'm naive about but there is a vast amount of Mm -hmm. communication and knowledge and all of these things that are out there for people who want to get to know um and I think a, a lot of our problem as a society is wanting to remain ignorant and not educating ourselves in those in those ways and it's kind of sad but but applaud women like Jasmine Sullivan, applaud women like Jean Ayuko who are coming out here. If I even say her name right, I always go wrong. But Pussy Fairy is my jam. Yes, I will girl. have that shit on blast. <laughs> you will know, you know, Cardi B coming out with WAP. People throwing a fit over a song right. because a woman made it. Right. Not like losing their mind because I'm like yo what about what about you know wanting to be dirty little secret side hoe over here y'all didn't lose your mind about that song y'all didn't care about all of the rap songs right. before that we're talking about the pussy yeah. dripping but because Cardi a B came out it, right because a woman made so, it listen mm-hmm. we were forbidden as children growing up to, to not listen to Luke Uncle Luke <laughs> is what we called him <laughs> love Uncle Luke. Because that's all he talked about, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. Again, it's going back to the labels and the expectations that we are put, putting on women. You know, it's not, um, we're breaking that. For a label to be placed in our society, I feel like it's so easy because we have grown up um, to label everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, I think unfortunately it's it's like a catch 22 like we as human nature beings need to label things so you know we can describe whatever the thing is that we're labeling um but I think where the problem and the breakdown comes is sometimes we think that that label defines who the person is so Mm -hmm. if you don't understand what BDSM is and someone comes to you and says they practice BDSM, you're automatically like, whoa, that's a free not going there. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't mm-hmm. understand it or bisexuality or transgender, like all of the different labels that we have in our society. But for, I just feel like for somebody to come out and say, <clears throat> you are highly sexual because you've been sexually abused. Like, I don't think that you can, those things may correlate sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that you can just automatically assume that just because someone is highly sexual, maybe your libido is low. Like that's my petty side coming out. Like maybe you have an issue. Why does it have to be that I have an issue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's that's that was wild. I read that this morning. I was like, "Wait, what?" Yes, <laughs> of a real like, is this for real? Right. Yeah. yeah. Who and thought that this? 
And it's, you know, I think the slut, the slut shaming, the, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is huge. And I think, I think about our kids and, you know, even in high school growing up, school growing up, there was slut, there was slut shaming. And I, and I, you know, these double standards we're talking about, you know, different men and women, you know, traditionally men and boys are expected to be sexually active, dominant, mm. um, Mm-hmm. initiators uh whereas girls you know women we are expected to be sexually reactive you know submissive passive yeah and and you know what to to touch base on that the, the other side of that that really freaking bothers me right because i try to be inclusive of all genders as well mm-hmm. it really freaking bothers me that we also flip the script on these men like not all men want to be dominant and it's okay right. that they want to be submissive in areas. Yes. If men like to be choked, that does not make him a sissy. Right. Why do we want to label these things on these people when we don't want to label ourselves as women? Like we all have our own part in that. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I think definitely needs to be said mm-hmm. on all platforms. Like, you know, the body positivity movement has been huge for women, but it has not been huge for men yeah. until, until a few started stepping up to the plate. And so, you know, with the sex aspect, that's a bit, that's a big thing too. Like, I hate that men have to be so on guard. Like, if you like your butt to be ate out, boo, just say that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to eat it. Like, yeah. I'm going to eat it and it's going to be okay. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm gonna wake up next to a man. Like right. it's okay, it's boo. Okay. I promise. <laughs> so, like those those things. Like I don't know, sis. You gonna get me on a whole tangent? <laughs> That's real tough. Yeah, shaming don't 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 shame the other sex because they're into something that you've never experienced or mm-hmm. that you have a stigma about that you really aren't educated on and. Don't shame the other partner because they 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 want to explore things with you or they've experienced things that you haven't. Um, right. They don't. Yeah. I bet it. That's such a big thing with men. You know, you're not. It's a, it's a big a thing. And they and they don't. I feel. I feel like I'm. A, okay. I'm gonna say it. I feel like men have such a guard to carry. We yeah. as women are naturally more vulnerable, naturally more vocal, you know, all of those things come more naturally and they're more acceptable for us mm-hmm. to talk about our feelings. And for them, it's like, it's like taboo, honestly, you know, they, they deal with a different set of <laughs> I, ideals that surround their gender that, that are completely different than what we do. And so for them, like they, they aren't allowed to be vocal in those areas or they're condemned like by their brothers, by their, you know, family members, by society. And so Mm -hmm. it just needs to be, there just needs to be safe places. And we as women have to also make sure that we are uplifting them and letting them know that they have the ability to be who they are without mm. judgment as well yeah i agree and truth be told too it's, it's a lot of them probably getting their salads tossed Ooh, and they yeah. don't even want to and and get around their homies like nah dog no y'all nah, I ain't doing salads it. Yes. Love it. talk yes. about it <laughs> yes please because because i don't i mean like i i i just don't when it comes to sex i I think that we are all there for multiple reasons. And one of them is reaching that highest peak of, of sexual pleasure, yeah. that, that climax, that high, that, you know, in touch with yourself and your partner that, or whatever it is, like maybe you're somebody who doesn't like to have feelings when you're having sex, whatever it is, whatever it is for you, at the end of the day, you're ultimately coming down for one goal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, I mean, you're there. If you like it, you like it, boo. Like, don't feel ashamed about it yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that that starts at that conversation. And this should be between you and your partner, partner, mm-hmm. you know, 
it shouldn't have to be something you have to exploit and talk about to everyone. And Trick Daddy said what he said about how he likes to be eaten. You know, that's something between you and your partner. You don't have to tell the whole world about it um, if you don't want to. Now that may be something right. you want to advocate for, but I think that that should be totally something between you and your partner. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Share that experience together. Explore. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we'll add there, you know, what we you first started off with about the article or the, the post about sexually abused women. Um, it is true um, that when you have been raped and sexually assaulted, the impact or the, of it is you may become promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole nother topic. And I just yeah. wanted to say that I agree with that but on the other end we're talking about people who have just high sexual desire mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to explore with our partners exactly I know I'm o- I'm over here like wait are we wrapping up now <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> oh. <laughs> no seriously though I think um <clears throat> you know even as a parent like when you know, my, my child, I will say my child's innocence got taken at a very young age. And, and unfortunately, by someone, not, not that he had had sex, but he had been exposed to sexual activities mm. um, through porn mm. with a kid who was older who didn't have like, you know, the greatest home life. And so like, mm. yeah, the, anyways, the whole situation, I can remember when it first happened being like devastated like oh my god my kid's innocence has just been taken away right um but then because at that point in my life I was definitely more you know medicine um background I chose to take it from the standpoint of of like human nature and the hormones and the scientific you know makeup of what sex does for you and mm-hmm. and the bad parts of like, you know, if you're not safe, like you can get STDs and this is what your ball sack's going to look like. Do you want that? No. Okay. Condoms are important. Um, mm-hmm. so I think for me as a parent taking that standpoint, it, it took away all of like my concern because then sex wasn't like idealized because there was a taboo around it. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, I'm giving you a platform to openly ask me questions about sex, about what it feels like, about, you know, different things that you may have heard or seen or things that your body is doing naturally while you're going through, you know, this transition through puberty, like all of these things, you know. Um, and although those conversations are still very awkward to have with your kid, mm-hmm. it has given him the platform to be open and honest and communicative about all of the things that he's seen or experienced. And so for, for me, I feel like it's, it's more on the air of side of things of where it's not hypersexualized. It, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, although porn is great if you're not watching amateur porn, you're not a 15 year old boy who's playing video games and the pizza girl shows up and is giving you a blow job. Like that's not how real life works. Right. So, or women aren't swinging from stripper poles in the room all the time when you're having sex. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. These are your real life conversations that I need mm-hmm. you to, to have and know. And so I think, you know, going back to what I said about society in general, like we have put such a taboo on sex in general mm-hmm. that this is also why we have uneducated kids who are having babies at the ages of 13, 14. Right. They're not, they don't have a safe place at home to have those conversations with their parents. Um, or, you know, they've, they've listened to what their friends have said or whatever it is. And so like when we don't put a big enough focus on sex education Mm -hmm. um, in all of the different facets of that, Mm -hmm. that's how we get into a broken down society like we have. And people want to look at the surface of things and think that, you know, oh, well, these were just, these are just the end of times because of Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. No, this is, 
generation after generation after generation of telling people that sex is bad, but sex feels good. Right. Right. And I I agree with you. Early conversations about sex can send that message to our kids that, you know, sex and sexuality is a healthy part of life. And it's okay to come and talk to me so I can give you most reliable and honest information. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids at a young age, boys and girls, they're going to be curious about their bodies. They're going to be curious about the opposite sex uh, bodies. And Mm -hmm. so if you can provide, like you said, that safe place, space for them to be able to share and be honest. And again, you know, you explaining things at that level that that child can understand it, making sure that Mm -hmm. they understand the facts versus just scaring the hell out of them, running (laughs) them from having sex. No, give them honest information. Be honest with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't let them make, and I mean, yes, they're going to make the decision. So at least get them, have them prepared, have them prepped. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not prepping them like, I'm prepping you to get out there and just go for it. Uh-huh. You just want them to be aware and prepared and have the information they need so they can be safe. Because at the end of the day, they're going to make the choice to do it or not. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And we all know that. Come, come on, come on. <laughs> all facts people all facts all facts i'm 33 and i was still making bad moves out here in this world no i'm just kidding um yeah i i think i think that yeah there's a lot there that it's not just a surface of you know people people having different sex drives there's a lot in the breakdown of of early traumas or whatever it is leading to ignorances leading to you know all of those things so mm-hmm. yes. we definitely could do a whole nother podcast because i mean it's such a broad topic but if you take away anything from this and i hope you guys do take away from this is one you know as as we are parents now we knew what we went through as children as far as with body shaming you know just making it you know if you, you feel your child is and if it's for health reasons in that sense you know exercising with them talking to them about the the facts the risk and making better choices and you doing it with them and making it a family thing and then also you know watching what you say to your kids not going as a parent off society and feeling like this is what it should be no this is your child instill that confidence in them because that's where it starts mm-hmm. um so not body shaming at a young age starting at home because they're going to experience that when they grow up. And, and as far as, you know, the highly sexual drive as well, you know, if anything, just informing, we need to inform our kids and inform ourselves and just live life. Mm-hmm. That's my Without judging. Without yeah. judging. Mm-hmm. As you said, Ashley, unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Being yourself. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, yes. Being unapologetically being yourself and allowing someone else to be them without expecting yourself from them. Yeah. Yes. That mm-hmm. right there. Mm. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Oh, yes. Well, one thing that me and Maria do at the end of every episode, as you guys know, we honor. Um, a woman of the week and this week actually a young lady um, her name is Trinell Doyle what I really liked I came across an article about her um, she has a like a ride share service it's called go girl ride www.gogirlride her name's Trinell Doyle she's the founder it's a black owned business kind of like uber um, but what I really like about it is just make it's like transportation safe making transportation safe for women now they're in the portland area now so um it hasn't it's just starting up but um yeah beautiful young black woman started this business just for the safety of um, women but also what i like that she does as well because it's for sex workers the lgbtq community as well because you know when they get in a ride share it unfortunately with society is a risk of their life and a lot of them have experienced things so they also sell a kit um four that they have for sex workers and the LGBTQ community that they can use for safety um, that supports, you know, like the, um, the business that she's doing. So I just want to give her a shout out. I thought that was such a wonderful idea for women that we do struggle and battle with safety and transportation, trying to get somewhere and also the other communities of that. So 
you are a woman of the week. I honor you. That's an extraordinary thing that I believe she's doing. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's in the Portland area now. It's going to be expanding out. They're trying to do it in other cities. Um, but yeah, go girl. Yeah. Go, Come girl. through Chanel. Come through Chanel. Come we celebrate you, ma'am. Yes, mm-hmm. yes ma'am. Love it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome, guys. Thank you so much, Ashley. Oh, you are on here for hours. Three Scorpios talking about different We appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate you. Love you. Love you too, girl. And hey, you guys keep tuning in. You know, you watch us on YouTube, tune in on our um, other podcast platforms. We're on all of them. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on our Facebook page, Instagram. Um, more things coming soon as well for the Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I want to put in a plug before we end. Um, I am check this out. We're going to be doing a um, thing for women who have been divorced. It is um, a course, e-course that will be coming out that will help women that have been through divorce, that are going through divorce, that just need some type of um, tool to help them and you know get through that process because it can be, as you all know, high emotional time, vulnerable time. It's a, it's a death that happens when you're separating from a, a partner. And so be on the lookout, e-course um, that will be coming out soon. So I just want to put that plug in. Yes. But guys, this has been another episode of Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast. Be well. <laughs>